I don't care what people say, actually, about holding back in reserve, because that's not something that's, oh, it's a first edition thing. No, holding back reserves has been a thing in warfare since, like, people first picked up a sharp rock. Right? Yeah. So don't start fucking giving it, oh, it's a first edition thing. Keep your reserves in check, then commit. His name is Craven. He likes white ravens. And he will always use them to reduce your gold. His name is Dave. He cancels saves. He likes to make the opposition have bad days. His name is Tom. He plays for fun. And if you beat him, then he'll punch you in the face. It's the UK's fantastic podcast. This episode's the worst, so it's probably the last. With unopposed to claim banter. It's banter behind the throne. Hello, good evening, welcome back to Banter Behind the Throne. This is episode 53. If you're a new listener, hello. If you're an old listener, thanks for coming back. Uh, my name is Lord Craven. I am the captain of this ship, and I'm joined, as ever, by my distinguished bosun, Mr. Dave Bamford. Say so, hello, Dave. Hello. And we have uh, lost Peel somewhere up in the rigging. He's uh, off chasing a troublesome parrot. Uh, if you can hear me, Peel, say hello. Hello. There he is. Um... Right, this week we are going to be talking about nationals. Um, we have Peel's recap, we have Dave's recap, and then we're going to get a, a brief appearance by a special guest to give a unique viewpoint of how nationals went, which is hopefully going to feed into a discussion about the meta at large. And then when we're done moaning about Lannister, we will uh, have some stuff to talk about, about Varberg. Um so, yeah, before we get started, guys, uh, how has the rest of your week been beyond Nationals? Anything interesting or stuff like that you want to share? I must admit, I'm quite impressed with my car at the moment. It made it all the way to Nationals and back without any incident. Very good. Mm. I was a bit worried for a period. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, uh, we Rowan came along before Nationals to the pub quiz, and we've now won three weeks in a row. So Great! Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, when you, when you do the quiz, you have to set the quiz the next week. Um, oh, yeah. We just keep winning the quiz we set, which is really sad. It's not deliberate, uh, but but it's happening. But this week, luckily, it's just me, so I will read the quiz, and there's no way we can win it because we won't be taking part. So yeah, that's, that's fair enough. Yeah. Okay. What's your pub's um your pub's attitude towards phones in the quiz, Dave? Um, the Wi-Fi is generally off during the quiz. Obviously, if you're googling, like, you're a twat. So. I fucking yeah, hate him. But they, but don't, nobody would because it's a village pub. Yeah. And like everyone knows each other. No one wants that rep. No. What's the point <laughs> of cheating at a quiz like that? Like the prize is you have to set the quiz next week and uh, which isn't a prize and um, like 10 <laughs> quid's worth of bar credit but the bar credit you don't get till next week anyway so if you don't turn up don't set the quiz you don't get a prize. I like that. So, That's a good, uh, good way of ensuring people see it through. Yeah. Cool. Good, good stuff. Um, well, I obviously wasn't at Nationals, which was um, a shame, I guess, um, depending on your outlook on me. Um, but I did play No Man's Sky, and my God, that's shit. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell you what, I, have, um, I know um, a couple of our friends have been hyping it up, and I was meant to be getting it on the pre-order until Brigstock happened. Um, and when Brigstock happens, I'm not sure if you're aware, Craven, but you go in with money, and you just seem to leave with nothing. Yeah. Uh, not even your dignity. It's not expensive. Um, so, I it's well, just, you, it's just you drink lots. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's not like it's a very expensive place to go. They don't charge you a toll to leave. It's like no, you're in now. You have to charge us money to leave. It's more a case of you generally drink a lot there, and when you drink a lot, you use your money, and it's game over already from that point. So I cancelled it, and at this point, I'm not really kind of missing it. You aren't missing a thing, mate. It's it's honestly, it's it's terrible. I, of, I, I'm sorry. I was, a couple of our friends were really hyped for it, as, as you were, and they were just like, are you going to get it? Are you going to get it? I was like, honestly, I don't really know what it's about. And they're just like, oh, you can do this and this and this. I was like, all right, well, let me know what it's like. And then I just haven't heard anything. So, it uh, is as wide yeah. as an ocean, but as deep as a puddle. Sure. Um, terrible. Makes me want to play EVE Online even more than I normally do, and I struggle with that on a daily basis. <laughs> Tell you what is available, though, Craven, at this moment, if you've got PlayStation Plus. Um... Rebel Galaxy. Yeah, I've already downloaded uh, that. That's that a space game. Space game where you actually do stuff. It's a space game where you're a pirate, and I think that's what we all want in life, really. It's effectively pirates in space. 
So that was my week. Um, I went to play Thrones very briefly at Gamers Nexus um, a couple of days ago, tested out a few decks. Um, they all went very well. So um, a few little projects I've been working on have come together, uh, which is nice. So um, gently getting back into it, but enough of that boring shit. Peel, talk to us about Nationals. What happened? Um, any highlights, any lowlights, um, and what's your general take? Well, I think lowlights has to be my first game. Uh, especially I was up I had all the boys I had Balon doing his thing you know what Balon's like when he gets on a roll he so does just a little quickly in case anyone didn't listen last week uh, what deck did you take I took a Greyjoy Targaryen uh, quite okay. a simplistic build hit them hit them hit them kill them kill them kill them get Mary out kill targeted people so a, a bit of classic yeah. peel aggro Basically, yeah. Um, unless I can attack, I don't see the point in playing the deck. Um, that's why <laughs> Night's Watch, although we're entertaining for a brief period, I didn't get on with in the long run and probably never will because they're very based around going second. And I'm not a fan of doing that. I like to go first and hit them as hard as you can um, because sure. the best defense is a good offense. Um, as per, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I was doing well. Uh, the first game started off strong. I went in for the kill. I played Rise of the Kraken uh, with my oh. lovely two claim. First turn? No, not first turn. Oh, fuck um, No, first turn was standard. <laughs> oh. you start off... First turn, you start off with a Varus' Riddle. <laughs> Pretty standard play. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that game, anyway. I didn't do it again the second time. Um, and obviously, you know, get a little bit of when revealed on the go. So, you know, no <laughs> military claim for you. Um or entry claim, depending on which way I was feeling that day. You know, you judge it on the number of icons, let's be honest, it's the easiest way to do it. Indeed. After a game where I think I was about to close out, I got crowned. Oh. So Balon became a king, which was really nice, but unfortunately his strength went down to two. Uh, it was on six, because I had arisen in ones already, so he had the six strength, which was helping. I had chuds on the board, I had, but that was about it. I was basically relying on using Balon to push him through, get two unopposed challenges, and close out the game by getting, I don't know, eight power and two challenges, because I had a bit of stand tech on the board as well. Pay two gold, stand Balon. Yeah, um, nice. Pretty simplistic. That's why the Targaryen mix came. Um, and then once he got crowned, it was pretty much game over. That was my first uh, um, adventure against Targ uh, Lannister. So that was one. Then I played another one. I lost that one as well. Um, then I played another one. I lost that one as as well. Um, not really much happened in those games. It was one of those games where both of them set up. They had the better cards from the get go. I couldn't get any form of, you know, uh, group or core uh, team built. I just couldn't get my you know upper hand there, and most of it was kind of over before you'd even really had a chance. Um, so I went zero and three um, at nationals, and uh, you go down to the bottom there. Yeah, weird area down there. You're in the basement there. It's dark. You know, you're looking around. And you're like, I don't recognise anyone down there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all on my own. And then you look to your right and you think, actually, yes, I do recognise people. Um, and bless them, they were they were sat next to me. And uh, you kind of at that point you give up on hope. There is hope, but all hope is gone. You know you can't make the cut. Uh, it's not statistically possible. You know that it's very unlikely that you're going to do better. But there is one good thing about losing zero games and three. Unless you're um, seriously have a bad deck, statistically on average you may win one or two or you know at least get the upper hand based on luck. And that's what happened. Uh, I got luck of the draw. Uh, the first game I won uh, was my first game back. I managed to get every single kill event possible. I got out my ships, I got out Miri, I got out Balon, I got out Euron, and this was all by turn two, and it was just like, right, you know. Um, I got Balon on setup and then flip trading with the Pentoshi on my second plot. Yep. And at that point, had the economy behind me to actually just play what I needed to. Um, yeah. Um, I know on my... F- First plot, I set up about, I don't know, uh, two characters and a chud. Um, obviously, you're on uh, Balon being one of them. I actually know it was just one chud, uh, just a couple of producer characters. And I had a limited coin location, had another one in my hand, played that on the next round. And then um, on the second round, played a trading with the Pentoshi. I managed to get a few more characters out. 
And on the third round, um, played Barris's Riddle uh, as he flipped. Uh, what's the one where you count gold for every character on the board? Uh, calling the Banners. Yeah, he flipped Calling the Banners. I flipped uh, Varys' Riddle. So I got, um, I think it was a total of five extra gold. Um, and that's when I got out Miri and just basically that was it. Um, Whoops. Say goodbye to your characters really at that point. Follow up turn, Rise of the Kraken. Have a good day. See you later. I'm off to the next game. Um, I then moved up the tables again. Um, went to my next game. Uh, that was a bit of an interesting game as well. I did win that one too. Um, that was the game where I managed to pull it out just... No, wait, no, sorry. I lost the next game. <laughs> My mistake. I bounced up for a brief moment in time and I saw the light and I thought, oh, look at that. I can get to the middle table. You know, that's what you want. You're not on the bottom table. You're on the middle table. And then I lost um, quite badly. That that was the one where I just, again, um, Lannister. Lannister is very prominent. I will say that. Um it's Lannister popular, isn't it? Yes. It is. I would say that I don't think I think at one point no. No, I only played Lannister. Lannister was always in the decks. It wasn't necessarily the main house. Occasionally they were Targaryen main houses. Um but it was generally the dominant kind of uh the deck I was coming up against. And after a while of playing Lannister, you, you do kind of see there's no hope. Um you, you do kind of accept you're gonna lose, and I bounced back down again. Um, lost that and then I think I won my final game it was the last game I played I managed to win that and that was the, the wonderful hand where uh, I managed to flip heads on where he flipped heads on spikes again Varys' Riddle possibly one of my new favourite plot cards I must admit because that when it goes off is fun um, yeah. there's no other word for it it just makes sense it's a good card Copy a when revealed action. Yes, that's what you want. So when your head's on spikes, and that was entertaining. Uh, and yeah, finished up with a four and two record. Two and four. Was, uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I think of it as four and two. Um, <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm, 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 putting the, I'm putting the losses first, and I was the visiting team, so. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's the way I'm going to score it. Um, because it makes it sound a little bit less embarrassing. Fair enough, mate. I mean, if you submit it as a score in like a FFG run tournament and they don't exactly. check it, you could probably get away with it. And if they call exactly. you on it, you say, well, you should fucking check it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm not one with your standards of scoring. I am an away player. And then they can't really argue with you, can they? Uh, How we roll. Yeah. Suck it. Okay. All right. Okay, so we'll come back to you in a minute when we talk about thoughts and feelings in general. Um, Dave, would you like to take us through your experience at Nationals? I I, uh, I rocked up at Nationals on the Friday, rather than just on the Sunday for the Thrones. So I was there in Birmingham for the whole wonderful weekend. Uh, unfortunately, Pokemon Go wasn't wasn't working properly, so what? I missed out on all the lovely Pokemon in the surrounding area. Um, I, I mean, on the on the Sunday, I managed to get a few good ones on the way back to the hotel. I got Catini and, and a Squirtle. So uh, that was nice, but the rest of the time it was just dead, which is just a wasted opportunity. Um, so uh, on the Friday I rocked up and played Star Wars. I uh, I, ha- I got the vibe because I was the odd player. I then played Evan, who as we all know is like... The best card game player in the world. Yeah, uh, he's had regional wins in Netrunner, Thrones, Star Wars and Conquest this year. Um, and uh, I beat Evan in our first game. So Ooh. I was feeling pretty good against him good about myself um, and then we drew the second one I think he had the upper hand but it could have gone either way but we drew it in the end um, so I was like you know what top table after two rounds ten points job's good uh, and then I lost four games on the trot uh, and then split a couple at the end so uh, I finished mid table I think I finished at 18th or something out of about 20 something um, so that was fun still a good tournament uh, it does show the peril of IDs one player Managed to get a buy, uh, win two games, win a game, then either lose a game or draw a game, and then two took two intentional draws to get into the cut. So they ended up playing a four out of a total ten games on the Friday. Disgusting. Yeah. So uh, you know what? You know it's in the rules. Can't complain about it too much, but uh, I can't say I'm a fan. At That's least with point. Star Wars, it's more likely that you will just split. Yeah. Rather than Thrones where draws are a thing that happen, you know, relatively rarely. 
Star Wars splitting with an opponent is really really common and sometimes it makes sense to take the the, the definite three points rather than risk getting swept and you know fucked but uh, in this instance it was a bit bit much for me but uh, yeah it was a good day it was one of uh, a few overall the weekend was run very smoothly uh, and Estevium and the TOs did a good job uh, this was uh, TO'd by Lee and uh, judged yeah. by Jack from, of course, Gamers Nexus. Um, yeah. And they did a great job. Uh, but one criticism of that is that Estevium only gave us one promo card each. Which sounds, you know, like we're ungrateful because, you know, why would you expect more than one? Uh, but it's limit two per deck. And it's, uh, you know, there was only 20-something of us. The winner yeah, didn't get a flight to Worlds because we weren't big enough. Um, like You will have more than, you know, 60 promos. Because you planned for up to 100 players, like you must have more promos in the back. And lo and behold, they did. They went on sale for the ticket system later in the weekend. Um, so, you know, we were just like, well, come on, guys. It would be nice to uh, to get those promos. Um, but overall, the, the organisation of the, the weekend was quite good. Um, I then went out with the Star Wars guys, and that was a lot of fun. Uh, went clubbing with them. That was unexpected and a, a pleasure. And so I woke up at like 1pm the next day. Went over, played some first edition Highlander draft because what else did I play on a Saturday afternoon? During that day, we noticed like yeah, like people were playing the side events, um, which we discussed briefly on the cast last week. You know, you win, you you get, gather four people, you play a side event, the winner gets a winner's ticket, and they can exchange their winner's tickets for uh, prizes. Four points means prizes. Um, it was three pounds to enter, so you know they were, Steve and were making twelve quid from each side event, uh, and you normally had to win two games or one multiplayer game to get a winner's ticket. Uh, which is all well and good, but the prizes were a bit expensive. So, if for Thrones, if you had one ticket, you could get a Tyrion or a, an Eyrie. Uh Two tickets would get you a Noble Cause, which, you know, that's not too bad. Uh, three three for the Jon Snow from Gen Con, and four for the Night's Watch Spot Gloss um, from Gen Con. So, four tickets doesn't sound a lot, but if you win all of your games, that costs you 12 quid and almost eight hours of game time. So basically yeah. an entire day of just winning side events will get you the spot gloss. Let alone if you actually want like a playset of Jon Snow's or something. Um, and basically I didn't enter one at all, all weekend, because I knew there was no way of me getting enough tickets to get anything decent. Yeah. Like if I want to, you know, I know one of Jon's friends was there and he played X-Wing, you know, all day, every day, you know, national tournament side events, and he managed to get three winner's tickets over the weekend. Um, so he got a you know relatively rare Gen Con promo, which is cool for him. But uh, I only had one free day, and uh, there wasn't enough time in the day, really, to get it if I dropped even one game. So that was kind of a shame. I've said, you know, I, I spoke to the, uh, some of the Steven guys and you know, gave appointments for the future, but if, uh, if they were slightly more expensive and everyone got a ticket every time they entered a side event, that would be better. Or at yeah. least the second place player, so you know if you win your first game... You can you'll get one ticket or two tickets depending on if you win, um, or if they give out a ticket to everyone who enters a national event. So you at least start with one just by turning up, and you know if you make top sixteen maybe you get another one, or if you miss top sixteen but you've got the same strength of schedule, so you miss on tiebreakers maybe you get one then. So not same strength of schedule, same uh, points record maybe you get one then. So I said yeah. you know there are ways of making it. It's a good idea in theory. It's just yeah, it was really. a rip off in this instance. Um, so yeah. So, the main event, of course, Thrones on the Sunday. I played uh, Martel Wolf, obviously. Uh, I made a couple of changes in the days preceding. I added a Wildling Horde, because they're amazing with Ariane. I added a Boneway. Um, they were the main changes. And a, a, th- a second Ario uh, dropped Kaliot. Um I think that was basically it. Oh, a third Knights of the Sun came in for something else. Um, I was feeling pretty confident going in. Um, I got a buy from the Stoke Regional, so I'd automatically won my first game, which was nice. Uh, and I got drawn against um, Timo playing Lannis the Dragon. Uh, Timo was my only loss in Swiss at Stoke, so I knew he was good. Uh, and I managed to win that because turn one, I flipped my Ariane for Nymeria, stole Tywin's Intrigue Icon, tiered him, uh, and the game was basically over. Good. So that was nice. So I was feeling pretty confident. I was uh, two not out. 
which is a pretty poor score in cricket, but it was a fantastic score for Thrones. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what's your score, Barry? Oh, I'm two lot out. Very oh, good. well done. Can you can you hit some more, please? Yeah. <laughs> You've been yeah. in there two hours. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit early to decide how good this innings is going, really, at two not out, but things are looking good. But yeah, facing two balls, I was two, uh, two not out, which, you know, you, I've got just finding my crease, jobs are good. Yeah. Cricket metaphors about critic words. Words are hard. Cricket. I'll just <laughs> ignore that bit. <laughs> Cut all that. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. Still None of the <laughs> cricket metaphors. Ah, ah. Oh, words are hard. Then I got uh, drawn against Christian, who was playing uh, Lannister Fealty. Uh, he's a relatively new player, and he ended up making the final. So clearly, he knows what he's doing. He um, turn one. He opened. Uh, I was looking relatively confident. You know, he had Jamie, but not that much else, like a couple of chuds. Um, I had Nymeria uh, and a Gaston. So I was like, okay, you know, I can work with this. Uh, so he attacks with Jamie military. I choose to kill Nymeria's dupe so that I um, I will have someone marchable, like protected by march, basically. Like I had yeah, a chud. have a hot body on the board. Yeah. I, I had a chud, a... Wildling Horde and Nymeria and that was it so I was like right if I kill Nymeria's dupe um, the chud tough. the chud will be can be marched if needs be uh, I won't lose the Horde I was like I keep a body on the board to deal with Jamie um, I was like okay kill the dupe Gaston Jamie gets hit by treachery I was like okay not ideal not too much of a problem got the treacheries out early before they start messing with Ariane jobs are good uh, okay steal Jamie's intrigue icon treachery Okay, balls. Right, that's fine. Not too much of an issue. Uh, he's got no gold left. And then he plays. Um, I never bet against my family. I was like, okay, you know, what can he get? There's nothing too bad that he can get. What did he get? Tyrion. No, Tyrion. Tyrion. It was Tyrion. Tyrion. In oh, comes fuck. Tyrion with the intrigue challenge. Two gold tears. Fuck. And Nymeria's off. Turn one. So uh, maybe I should have killed the Chud and taken the marched, because that was brutal. At the um, time, it was the right decision. It was. Uh, and yeah, hitting the Tyrion off the bottom of the deck was very lucky. Um, but there you go. I should have planned around the jumper events, I guess, on the off chance. Um, and play a bit conservatively against Lannister, who you know come with all the kill events ever. Um, but yeah, then turn two, we flip naval superiority. To my noble cause, and I was like, "Oh, no. oh I wasn't expecting that." Uh, yeah, and then turn three, famine. I was like, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, fair play on the plot. That game. was a point my heart broke. A, lu- a lucky, uh, a lucky turn one, but fair play on the plot game played me like a fiddle. Um, so he won that game, unsurprisingly. Um, yeah, sounds like it. Yeah, so I was like, "Okay, you know what? Two one, not a problem." One wicket down, but we can we can take two and uh, still maybe make the cut of tiebreakers. So, not a problem. So I get drawn against Miguel, who won the uh, won the Reading Regional. So he had given me quite the spanking in Reading. So I was like, okay, I've got to be careful here. Uh, I managed to take Miguel. He sees Miri on setup, I think, and uh, I Miri doesn't trigger for about five plots. I managed to keep her out of the challenge with Ario or neutered with Nymeria or um, a blocker with Fast Eddie or something. Uh, at one point, he gets her through and he tears his Fast Eddie, but I managed to um, vengeance the claim, so he only gets the one character. I was like, right, now I've lost Eddie, and now it's going to get hard. Right. Um, uh, I flip first snow to clear away some of the chaff, and uh, decide to go first. I'm basically like, if I draw well here, jobs are good, and I've got Ariana, my second copy of Ario Hota, so I can prevent Miri, or I can prevent a put to the sword if I fear that. Not a problem. Draw two cards, tears the lease, that's useless, he's all got intrigue icons. Okay, so I pop down um, Ariane, just thinking, right, okay, you know, I can get through to the next turn, shouldn't take too much damage. I'm ahead of power this whole time, I'm on like 8, 9 power, he's on like 2 or 3. Because um, I'm winning power challenges and blocking his Miri, like the entire game. Milk on Ariane. So I can't bring Ario in. Outcomes Tywin. 
and then Miri and the military challenge just decimate my board, and I'm a sad panda. So uh, I really should have gone second there. That was my mistake. I thought, you know what, I can push the military advantage uh, and still block Miri, but no. My hubris led to Ariane getting addicted to opium, uh, and I was a sad panda. Um, of course, then, the next turn, I draw put to the sword. Uh, if I'd seen that the turn before, I would have won the game because Miri would be gone. But alas, it oh, was dear, not to mate. be. Uh, yeah. So I was like, right, okay, luckily, these two guys are both doing really well. Like Miguel's a fantastic player, um, Christian's done really well, uh, and Timo's doing really well at the moment as well. Uh, Christian and Timo were to go on to make the cut. So, you know, my strength of schedule, pretty damn good. If I went out from here, I might be lucky. Uh, and I yep. get drawn against um, Florian from the London Meta, who is playing Lannister. <sighs> And it was about this time when I decided, you know what? Fuck Lannister. Fuck them right in the arsehole. They are so they can be so oppressive if they get the right draw. Now I made mistakes in the other games, but there was very little I could do in these instances. Uh and this one was even worse, basically. Uh I couldn't pay play around it was Lannister's son, and I couldn't play around put to the sword and tears and general not losing the game all at once. Um so I would be blocking Put to the swords, and then I'll get tiered. Uh, I lost Ario with a dupe in hand. Turn one, I lost fast Eddie. Turn two, and then by that point, I couldn't block the challenges, and he just, you know, won challenges until he won. At that um, point, I couldn't be fucked anymore. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, right, okay, fair enough. But then I had a wonderful game against a guy called Joel. Uh, he was playing Lannister Crossing, and I'd been speaking with uh, Cockbongo earlier in the in the day about how he had played a Lanny Cross. Uh, uh, Tyrell Crossing and how much fun it was to play against the deck that played cards that were fun and um, you had to think about all the challenges and how the maths works because of the bonus and the strength pumps and it was a nice little puzzle but not the puzzle where which ends in all your characters getting murdered just the kind of puzzle that might end with like lots of power on the board I'm fine with that, that sounds fun um, and it was fun, it was lovely fun we had a great <laughs> little bit where he played Superior Claim turn 1 uh, and I thought you know what I'll cancel it with Bran and then he plays Lady Sansa's Rose, and I was like, oh, of course, played me there. So he got three power instead of two power. Um, so it was quite a nice game, and then I saw Tyene and absolutely murdered his board. So <laughs> it didn't it didn't last long after she came out. Um, I managed to finish the game by winning dominance and then using Ariane to bring out Core Sansa to win in the standing phase, just to put salt in the wound. Oh. Um, <laughs> so poor Joel. Uh, so in the end, I ended 3-3. Which was uh, a lot more disappointing than last uh, than last Nationals, where I won all my games except for one, where if I had gone one more phase, if I had made it through past the actual dominance to the dominance phase, I would have won. Um, so that's disappointing. So you're yesterday's news now, mate, aren't you? I um, am. I'm shit at Thrones. I only made top eight in four regionals. So uh, No, it's not. Apparently, you are. You've been usurped. You're no longer our national champion, and frankly, the only reason you're still on the show is because Ryan's already set up his own podcast. If it wasn't for that, you'd be gone, mate. Of course, you'd have to find someone new to pay for the hosting. Don't you get your money out of me? <laughs> 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 um, yeah. So, congratulations to uh, Ryan who um, who won the tournament in the end. Uh, Cornish Paramore, so obviously we're proud of him. First edition player, even better. Um, unfortunately, he runs a different podcast, The Southern Bannerman, so if you want to listen to him talk about that, you can do that. But congratulations, Ryan, that was a fantastic innings. How you possibly managed to play and not make a mistake through all those games when every single one of your games pretty much was going to time. Because just the challenge maths with those, all those, bo- with that massive board is just. It's, it's monstrous. It is. It, it's really. It, you've got to have some serious endurance to get through that. It's not pleasant at all. Um, so congratulations to you. Uh, and with a special yes, shout out to uh, Darren Hazelden as well, who took a Martel Kraken build to the top four, running um, yeah. Varus, because he said, "What's really good against all the top decks, Varus? What else is good? X, Y, and Z. Okay, I'll play that and just." You know, use the Kraken to get unopposed challenges and protect Varus and things. Yeah, Uh, Mm. and he did really well with it. And in the end, he lost in the top four, 10-9 against Ryan, because he went to time. For our next segment, what we're going to do is um, we are going to bring on uh, John Bamford, who is Dave's younger brother. Um, 
Some of you may know him from the Star Wars tournament scene, where I'm reliably informed that John is uh, pretty good at Star Wars, is he not, Dave? He is good at Star Wars. John decided to dive in and have a crack at the uh, Game of Thrones Nationals. And for those of you wondering where this might be going, it's going to feed into our discussion about the meta and the carpool and um, what John, Peel and uh, Dave's experiences at Nationals suggest about that. So, um, yeah, John, before we get started, mate, can you just uh, give us a little introduction uh, about your card game past and talk to us specifically, really, um, about how much first edition Thrones you played and how much second edition you've got in as well. Okay. Uh, hello, I'm John, Dave's brother, the, be- the better Bamford, of course. Card games, I suppose, I play a lot of Star Wars LCG, a bit, bit of the Lord of the Rings, but nothing much really else. First edition, I played the first ever game of first edition that Dave has played, and then that was about it. I did not get on with it. Uh, didn't really like the art style that much, like the, the graphic design. Um, I found other games a bit better, but second edition, it's a lot better. Quite enjoy it, but I still haven't played much, probably like just over 20 games now, maybe. Okay, and then you took um, yourself a deck to Nationals with that experience. What deck did you take? I told Dave to build me a deck that might win. <laughs> so Dave naturally built you Lannister with a dragon banner. That's right. He did. Okay, sure. <laughs> did you get a chance to practice it? Uh, no, I was handed it. Oh, actually, that's a lie. Andy Hornby, uh, he, he gladly gave me a game, and it lasted 10 minutes before the next round of X-Wing. But, yeah. That was it. Otherwise, no. Talk us through your experience of Nationals then. I mean, how did you get on? What was your result at the end? Uh, I went 4-2, which was quite nice. But the first round was actually a bye. So I really went 3-2, but yeah. Okay, so um, can you talk us through the games you did play and um, how you found them to go for you? Uh, Very well. There was one close game out of all the wins, and the other ones were pretty, you know, runaway wins. That deck is broken. (laughs) It's as simple as that. So what is it about that deck? When you say broken, specifically, what is it that's jumped out at you and gone, fucking hell, this is mental? Well, obviously, I don't have as much experience as you guys with all the cards, but uh, Tywin's a problem. Uh, if you don't Milky Poppy that guy, he's just going to run away with it. Um, Tyrion's reaction text is absolutely bonkers. Those two just ping off each other so easily. Yeah. And then lastly, I can't remember the card name. Is it Maz? Miri Mazda, yeah. That's right, yeah. It, she is insane. I don't think she's the problem with the deck, but she just tips it over the edge. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you're not saying anything which hasn't been been said before, but um, I think the the whole reason we've got you on to ask you these questions is from someone who's coming in who's got no, who's not carrying any baggage from first edition, hasn't really got their finger on the pulse of second, is now handed this deck which is for many people a problem, and with limited experience, you've gone to the UK sort of premier tournament and come out of a winning record, you know, regardless of the bias, still a winning record. Um which hopefully is going to lead us into discuss, is this sort of thing a problem? And what are we going to do about it? I mean, uh, Dave, what what, what do you, have you got to say about this, hearing all that? Um, as I say, it it's nothing particularly new. A lot of people have been saying it. I was on the... It's not really that much of an issue, guys. We can, we can deal with this train until about a couple of weeks ago, and then it's gradually become that I'm thinking, this is a problem. And it's become more and more prevalent, as it won Gen Con as I played it against it at Reading, and finally playing so much Lannister. Uh, Lannister is fantastic, they're brilliant, and the Dragon Banner particularly is is an issue. It, but Lannister themselves are very powerful in their own right. Yeah. And possibly a bit too ahead of the curve for where they should be. Um, so bring back the risk. Okay, and Peel, have you got anything to add to that? I mean, that's a fairly comprehensive um, shit canning there, but have you got anything you want to throw in? I don't think we need a restrict on this, so I think we just need... See, I'm not sure, um, as John just came in, I didn't, you see, I didn't think John would go, yeah, this is broken. Uh, I wasn't expecting that. Um, if I'm honest, I'm not entirely sure I'd agree with a restricted list, but there must be a point where we go, hang on a minute, you can't have all this good shit. Pack it in, let's do something else. Because if you do see these cards and you're against it, you, you just know early on you're not going to win, and it's, you know... If you know you're not going to win from the, I don't know, the second round or even the first round, is there much point? No, there isn't. It becomes very boring, doesn't it? You're just sitting there turning cards sideways, knowing inevitably what's going to happen. Yeah. Unless you can pull off a magic... Oh, wait, no, there is no such thing. You can't... At the moment, there's not enough cards to give a game... To flip a game upside down halfway through. Like The only real thing that could do it is potentially a wildfire or a varus. 
There's but Barris is hard hit, and you can guarantee he's going to get fucked over the second they see him hit the board. Yeah. So, John, what were your losses in mainly due to? Was it that you didn't draw what you need? Were you outplayed? Was there a particular thing that the deck had a problem um, with? My loss where I got absolutely trounced was against Joe, who I believe made top 16. Joe's yeah, he was there, yeah. playing, oh, I think it was Baratheon and Greyjoy. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I made, he, he was already beating me, but there was a possibility of a comeback, you know. And I made one grave error where, I'm afraid I don't know the card names, but the bloke that saves people, Baratheon, and he basically, yeah, he had, he had a sword and it made him stand himself and it just, I gave him a lot of power in one, one turn. And then he was a good enough player to just absolutely run away with that lead. So attacking into, into renown that you didn't realise would yeah, stand. Yeah, yeah. Just all the saves of that deck was quite horrible against me as well, to be honest. Yeah, I can see that. Okay. Okay. Uh, what would you do to bring the deck into more into line with other, or bring Lannister into line if you think that that's more of the issue rather than Miri. Uh, what would you do to kind of level the playing field rather than just print more cards? Well, I think there's got to be a restricted list, really. Um, FFG, recently, with Imperial Assault, they've done some great things. You know, they've errated some cards, actually, like, reprinted it as a tournament card. And I think that's bloody great, but it, it's difficult to do. It's difficult to pull off. And at the end of the day, if this deck's going to keep winning, it's a problem, isn't it? I was playing against people. We're having fun. We're laughing around. But you can tell on their faces, when you start running away with it, it, it's just not fun for anyone, really. Not even for me when I'm playing the deck. Yeah, I understand that. And uh, what would you put on the list? Are there, would it be Tywin and Tyrion? I think they are the core... Morgan on the list? No, I think th those two, Tywin and Tyrion, are the core problems. How did you find the mountain? Uh, dirty. <laughs> uh, when you could actually get him out, you know, after a little while, but absolutely dirty. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Ilan Payne? He was possibly my favourite card of the deck, I'd say. Okay. Uh, have you guys got any further questions for John, or should we... No, I haven't really got anything to add there. Okay. Uh, well, in that case, cheers for joining right, us, John. Thanks for having me. Cheers, and play more Star Wars LCG. Goodbye. <laughs> Fair play. Shouldn't be a problem. I can't yeah. prefer it anyway at the moment. Um, See, that's strange, because a lot of the Star Wars players prefer Thrones at the moment. So, um, based on everything John said and your experiences, you've already talked around, Dave, we're leaning towards saying Lannister Dragon is a bit of a problem, uh, broken, perhaps. Um, before we open the inquiry, before we get Chilcott involved, let's see, is there anyone else to blame? Is there anything else that's wrong with the matter at the moment? I mean, is it just Lannister Dragon, or is there anything else that's sticking out like a sore thumb, which perhaps need talking about as well? So... Lannister Dragon is everywhere, it's powerful, it's big, it's scary, um, and it's, sometimes it's impossible to deal with. But you don't um, you don't see quite so much of the problem with Targ Lion, which was very popular, but has died down a bit. Mm -hmm. Which would imply the issue is with the Lannister cards more than the Targ cards. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. No other decks have quite such a dominance. You can generally play your way from behind if you're good against a lot of other decks but with Lannister you can't do that because Tywin is a wall you can't get past Ilan and Gregor are murdering your things and then Miri if they've got them it's very difficult to to play from behind against Lannister without you know some serious um, some serious luck and some fantastic chops um, broadly speaking I would say the mo most of the other houses there's no major issues with them I heard Mage at Nationals moaning about um, Chamber of the Painted Table which oh, has okay. been it has rolling been, uh, back the years yeah yeah I know Barrett OP restrict right um, yeah. but that has been you know you see card game DB threads and painted tables one of those ones which appears in some of the OP restrict lists because it is it is frustrating to play against when they get the lock on and you, you can't do anything and they are uh, they are gradually stealing your power without making challenges that's frustrating it's not just that they're gaining power, it's they're actively taking it away from you at the same time. So yeah. Uh, but yeah, what would you say? Would you say would you say there's any particular problems in the meta other than arguably Lannister? Um 
No, I'm I'm gonna peg it all on on Lanny. I'm afraid. Um, it it's a tough one because I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll start with the, with I'll refute my own argument before I even make it first. Um, we can sit here and complain and say Lanny's an issue, yeah. But if you look at the last, if we say call Blackwater number one, if you look at the last four four big tournaments on the scene so you got Blackwater our Nationals Gen Con and uh, we just finished with uh, Fleabottom uh, Lanny Dragon won one of those Josh took Lanny Kraken to another but then the other two weren't won by them um, and actually if you examine the top four of UK Nationals I think there's only one Lannister deck amongst them no, there were two Lannister decks. One knocked the other out. Right, okay. Top four. I don't know whether it was Dragon or not that got knocked out, but I believe it was. Could have been Kraken. So the other top four being Bar- uh, Barrow Greyjoy, obviously no, Stark. it was Martell Greyjoy and Stark Fealty. Right, sorry, I'm misreading my own writing. You're right, <laughs> but but those, those um, results don't suggest to me an unwieldy dominance of... Lanny, um, Lanny Dragon. Perhaps what the problem is, is if you don't look at it in terms of tournament um, results, but you look at it in terms of the meta itself, is it is it fun, is it a good environment? The answer is almost certainly no, because both of you have said you got sick and tired of playing Lannister cards at Nationals. People obviously seem to pick these up, come with, with an expectation it's the best, and now it's, it's kind of proliferating on itself, isn't it? It's everywhere everyone's doing it and it makes it really fucking boring and I think for me that's more of the problem when, than whether the deck is good or not I mean we've all lived through these kind of peaks and troughs of the, um, of uh, Thrones and if you even dip your toe into the waters of the other LCGs that uh, Fancy Flight make you'll see this happens in all of them it's down to the release model and the way that the cards come out you're going to get periods of dominance and that is sometimes a problem to the point where it needs fixing but it's more often than not a problem because it makes the game a bit boring en masse but saying all that let's take let's just ignore what i've just said and say lannister dragon is a big deal it is broken it needs reining in but currently doesn't exist a mechanism to do that we have to hope that cards are coming out which will fix it um because there isn't a restricted list I would be very, very surprised if we ever see Cardarata. And I would be stunned if we ever see anything banned. So we haven't actually got help coming beyond what's coming down the pipe. Okay, um, so on the you know previous peaks and troughs in the meta, um, nothing in second edition so far has been prolific as this Lannister dominance, as far as I can tell. No, and no. nothing has been quite so... You know, you don't feel quite so hopeless. Against Barrow, you can you can get tears of Liss off and start murdering their characters. Uh, it's very easy to like varus a varus away Bob's strength and deal with him that way. Sorry, but I should probably just have specified what I meant when I when I said we've lived through this before. I, I didn't mean, I meant first edition. I know, I know. I'm going to get into first. I was leading edition, up saying, towards like saying there's no mechanism to control it in this environment. No, I, I was then. I was going to go into that and saying in second edition we haven't had this. Hmm. In first edition, personally. I didn't experience many instances of the tournament season where I felt like a deck was running away with it to the point that it had to go. Often. There was the dominance of Bloodthirst, which I personally didn't feel was as bad as people made it out to be. I agree Um, with you. uh, There was the dominance slightly before that of Knights of the Hollow Hill, which was more of an issue than Bloodthirst was, because it was played in multiple houses. And you had three uh, big... Knights of the Hollow Hill decks, abusing Rivers, abusing um, Cards of Command, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. And they reined that in, um, possibly, I think, too much. Uh, the only deck I really found to be a proper negative play experience for me was Old Way with Rivers and the Maiden's Bane. Mm. Um, and once they had fixed, once they'd taken the Rivers away and split up Maiden's Bane and the Naval Escort, I didn't think that boats were a problem 
I mean, even though I lost twice to boats at Norwich, uh, even though I was running favourable ground, like, I didn't think boats were a huge issue. They could be unpleasant to play against, but they weren't so dominant in the meta that, at that point, it was just the initial point. So, in my, you know, four years of playing the game, three and a half years of playing the game, the only problem deck that I personally think had to go at all costs was the original Old Way deck, which went within one fac. Yeah. Yeah, after that, my favourite element of the restricted list was little tweaks here and there, that's slightly too powerful, we'll just whack that card on the list, great, that's fine, balance that out a bit. Uh, oh, we'll take that off, bit of variety, oh, this is too popular, it's not OP, it's just too popular, let's... Let's whack that on the list. Let's break up the meta by putting the Viper on, taking the Conclave off. Yeah. Alright, mostly, uh, I was very happy with uh, the way they used the Restricted List to shape the meta to make it more interesting. So even if you don't think Lannister is broken, you can still use the Restricted List to create an environment which is more gives more variety. And ideally, any Restricted List would do that. It, w- it would do both. It would give us more variety and split up any problem combos so what you're saying quite firmly there Dave is you'd like to see a restricted list again well the thing is I've wanted a restricted list since the first since the first chapter pack came out because I like the restricted list I like saying OP restrict I like looking at the restricted list and looking at all the broken cards and choosing which one Uh, but I didn't feel that anything needed to go on it I just wanted it to exist with say you know like our Melis Fat Bob's on it, and Tywin's on it, and Danny's on it. Um, can't play them together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Just exactly, for, yeah. more for the banter, like when More's I was shaking heads on Spikes at uh, the Paramore Invitational. Um, it didn't ma- matter, because it was the only restricted card. But now I feel like the meta is dry enough. Whether that will change with the new pack, Night's Watch are going to come back to an extent with uh, Craven. There's the new agendas, um, and obviously we've only got a couple of months until Valor comes out, which is going to shake everything up. But if if it doesn't, and the meta is stale enough at the moment that I think the restricted list could do some good there, and I think that Lannister, and in particular Lannister Dragon, although they're not the sole culprit, could do with some reigning in. Not nerfing, but reigning in. Okay, so what would you put on? I would be loath to put Tywin and Tyrion on the list because I feel thematically that they should be played together. I mean, they're not bros, are they? But they, they do work together in the books and um, like restricting two of the big Lannisters and not much else is problematic, I think. Well, so I think the split it? needs to come somewhere else. Uh, something like Tyrion and the Hound might be better or Tywin and the mountain or something like that just so the gold is less abusable that kind of thing um, so taking two of the power cards that aren't Tywin and Tyrion splitting them up um, what do you think to that? yeah um, that would that's I think probably on the tip of everybody's tongue um, what about what about Errata? If Tyrion was changed, I'm not saying to what or what it should be, but as an example, because these things usually centre around Tyrion, don't they? Um, if he was changed to be one gold, or once a phase, or he has to participate, or something which brought that in a little bit, what about that? I like um, I like that Tyrion has to participate in the entry challenge. That way, I think that's that's more elegant than limiting it or um, or changing the value. Because that means if you use Power Behind the Throne, or Seal of the Hand, or Magister Illyrio, you can get multiple triggers out of Tyrion. If you put the effort in, you can have as much gold as you like. But, as soon as he's knelt, or as soon as he loses his injury icon, or stealthed, if for some reason you stole his stealth, uh, then that stops you getting those easy triggers. And I've not heard that idea before, but that is actually quite a nice errata, and I think that's probably my favourite of the lot. Thanks very much. That's alright. When Tyrion is declared as a participant in an injury challenge, gain two gold. Yeah. Yeah. We'll bring him under control a little bit. Yeah. Um, And I know no one's a fan of Errata, but, you know, in this case, it may be less damaging than than restriction lists. 
Well, I mean, um, if you restricted Tywin and Tyrion, like, I don't like it, it seems too heavy-handed, but it would work, you know, yeah. as a temporary fix. Like, they're the two the two best cards in that faction. Whack them on the list, jobs are good. Like, that's Nat Lannister brought down a peg, or several pegs, potentially. Um, and maybe that's the best interim measure without having to go whole hog errata. Uh, because, of course, once something's errated, it's going to start being printed with errata, and it's yes. difficult to go back from that. You can't change your mind. Yes. Yeah. So, um, although that said, they never printed um, the Wildling agenda when they re when they put the errata on the Wildling agendas. They didn't print that. Did they not? I believe. Mm. Yeah, they they didn't print the, uh, or maybe they didn't print it immediately. Maybe they. Uh, I think they held off because they they thought they may want to change their mind. It was to stop you running all six. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, well. Uh, yeah. Peel, you've gone very quiet, mate. Is there anything you want to add in? <sighs> you see, I don't want it to start just banning stuff. Well, not banning, but you know, uh, restricting things because you know, we're getting beaten because then we sound bitter. But at the same time, um, you know, I took a beating and I'm still a bit sore from it. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I it's 50-50. I'd, I'd quite like Lannister to just fuck off um, more than anything else it's not so much that I want them restricted I just want them gone I just don't like playing against them because it was every game yeah, <laughs> so, I think, so what we keep coming back to is this point that perhaps they aren't actually all powerful I mean the, the results we've got to work with the facts we're looking at would suggest they aren't all powerful but what they are is making things really fucking boring I think they it's are just... more powerful it's just that they also happen to make it boring the reason they're power people are playing them because they're powerful they're not always winning, but they're winning more often than not. For me, for my money, I think the solution is imminent. I think Vanna Magalis is going to change this this whole problem. You see, that's what I mean. I don't think we should. I think we should wait till Valor. I think at that point, then we have a an argument. If they're still winning, if you know, if they're still a pain in the ass at that point, then there's an issue. But at the moment, I I think that's probably best to just wait. You know, have a cup of tea and wait for it all to blow over. Yeah. Like, I don't think for a second that the presence of Valor is going to render um, Lania a Tier 2 house anymore than it will render anyone a Tier 2 house. Um, oh. But what I do think it will do is sort the men from the boys a little bit, and it will stop people just blindly slapping down big, fat characters until they've got more big, fat characters than you. Because if someone does that, they overextend, boom, you punish them, and then you, you take it back to them. Um, it's going to make people have to play a lot more kind of uh, smartly rather than just dropping down the meat one thing I will say is that at the moment when you know you're beaten in a game you know you're beaten there's nothing we can do to do anything about it really there's not anything really to turn the tide so I think that's what I need I need Valor um, I need an element of haha fuck you well I mean it's worth mentioning at this point that there is Varys but <laughs> Lanny is probably the one house best equipped to deal with Varys in the sense they've got access to far more kill methods and if nothing else treachery actually hits Varys quite neatly um, but yeah I mean Varys is out there, Varys could help with all this yeah could, could, could help um, could help but so could a, a baseball bat in some cases uh, <laughs> poke them with a stick or just like you know it, it got to the point where it was just like oh so what have you played today oh Lanny Alright, and what have you played against today? Oh, Lanny? Alright, and anyone here not played against Lanny today? And I used to go to tournaments back in the day, and I'd never play against the same kind of deck more than once, really. There was, it was very, very rare that I'd play against the same thing over and over again. And I think the most, the most I ever played against one deck was when Lanny Neal was popular for a period, but even that didn't really get to the point where it was pissing me off. It was just annoying. I think back in the days as well, when you played against a, a house over and over again, there was a good chance that the like the first game you played with X would be different to the second game because there's more options in the deck building. Whereas yeah, now, I mean, Lan Lanny tend to be the same sort of thing, regardless just, well, of the banners. And at the moment, it is a case of you know that there's not you can decks are being posted online all the time. So if you win a tournament with a deck, it's going to be the next thing that's played all over the place um, you kind of expect it but 
I don't know. It's Glazer's fault. It's Glazer's fault for making us all post-dex. It's not Glazer's fault for making us all post-dex, Dave. It's ah, but he made a fuss about us all posting more decks than we used to. Why the fuck are we posting decks? There's no need for it. Decks Glazer... are meant to be secretive tech. If you win a tournament and you want to share, by all means share. But don't everyone... Oh, look at this. I found a deck that's really good. Let's all just use the same deck. Because everything's the same. It's so dull. Well, Glazer just... was trying to appease um, a lot of the kind of moaning people who come in from, from Magic and so forth. I, I don't intend to wind people up with this story, but this is pretty much how I saw it. We had a lot of people whinging that um, the Game of Thrones community wasn't very welcoming and was very uh, secretive and inclusive and so forth. Because um, back in other games, people published decks all the time. So Glazer was one that put forward the suggestion, which got us to co-sign to it, amongst other people, that we would embrace a more sharing kind of environment. Um, and yeah, what you're describing, Peel, is really the result of that. Yeah, but um, the thing is, it, there's there's sharing like your deck online and going there, and there's copying. They're they're two completely different things. You just go online. Oh look, here's a deck that's just done this. Right, okay. All I have to do is put this together. Jobs are good. And there's no imagination. There's no anything. It's just that. That's all you play. It's just oh okay, let's play this. There is no kind of why have you put that in there? Oh, I thought it would be funny at the moment. There's just oh, I'm playing this because I saw it won something. And that that's just boring as shit like there's no imagination with that just to be fair there is no tech there's no um janky tech at the moment like if i get beaten by something that's horribly janky that absolutely screws me over in ways that i don't fully understand that's more enjoyable on so many levels because at least then it's not the same shit but it's just what house are you gonna ban to oh lannister why well why not <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, it's hard to sort of to take that as a as a true reflection in one regard because, again, if you look at the if you look at the top four of, of our nationals, there, there was quite a lot of ingenuity there. I mean, in there Ryan's was, deck, there was nothing I mean, there was different, and and Darren it's not, deck is very it's, good, but it's not the ingenuity at the top; it's the ingenuity in the mid levels yeah, now. Exactly, the like, mid and bottom get past that it. level. And the thing is, I don't like at the top. All the original decks seem to stay up there, and you do get that. You get the top decks will be different to everyone else's deck. That's what makes them top decks. And that's fine. But, you know, you don't get to win a tournament by copying a deck that's already been built. Yeah, so you win tournaments I mean, by making new decks. And I just wish that it'd be more imaginative. So for us mere mortals down in the trenches, all of a sudden it's, it's got a bit dull. It's just, there's no mid-level thing. I don't know. Again, I'm just old and bitter. There's, there's no real why. I'm just... I don't find it entertaining because all I have to do is play against the same thing. Yeah. I think in few, the thing is though, for Starlek, I'm just going to build against whatever's popular at the time. So build to counter that. That's all. Because chances are I'll get out the trenches. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Dave, what do you reckon to Peel's uh Peel's rant there? I agree on the whole. I think. Good. Good. I think we're all pretty much in agreement there. Yeah. Um. So, if what would what would you think? Because if, if you don't think like you know, Lannister themselves is necessarily a problem. Maybe Valor will sort them out. What do you think to Miri? Do you think she's? Oh, I've never particularly liked Miri. I don't like her design sort of thematically. I don't sort of see why it's her. Um, and I just kind of, I just sigh a bit when I see her because you think, oh fuck me, here we go. It's like the Miri game, and it's just. Yeah, and her problem really is when paired with Lannister because affording a seven gold character who can do that sort of stuff in Lanny is no big thing, whereas on most other factions it's kind of like, boom, you have to plan for it and here she comes, you know. She's a, she's a big sort of centrepiece. But in Lannister it's almost like she's a throwaway because they've got another massive centrepiece who can do loads of shit, which is Gregor, and then for one gold less they've got a card which can close, Jamie, or another card which can just start butchering low-level stuff, Illin, um, you drop another gold down, and then you get Tyrion, who can finance not only complete immunity to um, uh, March to the Wall, because, you know, that two gold, excellent, here comes some burn men, they're off to the wall, or, and also you can finance any kill event you can want. Um, so when thrown is that package, Miri becomes just like another pain in the ass. But kept at home, or on another banner, she's a bit more honest. So, would you... 
be happy if they made her loyal because that would be my preferred solution for her yeah probably that that would um make things a lot easier but i mean it further compounds the like the odd kind of uh neviness of it but um yeah she probably should be loyal i think i'd like to see more cards being loyal to be perfectly honest i don't think enough are i think i think a, a card that isn't loyal should stand out more than the other way around I know they want to push for banners, but I can't help but feel the banners are a little bit of a sneaky way of making the core set seem like it's better value than it actually was. And as better agendas come out, banners will hopefully become less and less. Um, but I mean, all that being said, yeah, I, I'd like to see less non-loyal cards. That's my preferred solution for her. Because as you say, her, her main issue is the fact that it's easy to pay for her with Lannister, and then that adds to the critical mass of kill effects that Lannister has access to. Yeah. Um, the problem with her as well is that, more so than the other cards in Lannister Dragon, she's not fun to play against. She's not even fun to play with. Like, Gregor can be fun to play with, Tywin can be fun to play with, Tyrion's great fun to play with. Um, Illyn's an interesting decision point. Uh, Jamie's a beat stick, but he's not like a broken beat stick, he's just very efficient. Yeah. Um, but Miri is is not fun to play with, she's not planned to play against and she's just too easy in Lannister yeah especially with the Hound fuck that yeah that's just stupid I don't know how those sort of how those things end up happening yeah so I, I personally would make Miri loyal um if you then put the Hound and Tyrion on the list you wouldn't be able to play the Hound Tyrion and Miri together which would reduce her effectiveness in Targ Lion and it would put her in quite a nice place where she's not an auto included in every deck. Okay, cool. Right. Um, I think that kind of neatly covers the whole thing, isn't it? Is there anything you guys want to add in before we move on? The last thing would be um, kill effects in general. If we say Lannister has access to all these kill events and that's an issue, would you want anything done about the access to kill events? Should, rather than characters going on the list, should tears and put be on the list? So you can only play one. Because the decks that can play both are way more powerful than the decks that only play one. That's not a bad shout. So make Miri Loyal put Tears and Put on the list. And then that nerfs Lannister Dragon, and it nerfs Lannister a bit, but not a lot. So you have to choose whether you take the Intrigue route or the Brute Force route. I mean, you can still do both, because Gregor kind of sorts you the Brute Force out. Um, But, yeah... Maybe that's uh, maybe that's the better option. Leave the characters alone until we get Valor. Put the kill events on the list. Let's see what happens. Yeah, not a bad chat, you know. Mm. That would probably be my uh, my suggestion at present. Mm, okay, interesting. Yeah, sure. All right, all right. Let's all take a deep breath then and move away from from grumbling. Um, we can talk a bit about Varberg because that that's nice and fun, isn't it? Um, Varberg Morgalis is uh, the Road to Starlift event being held in Sweden, and it's on the 3rd and the 4th of September. Uh, you can find all the event details on the Facebook page um, of the same name, so I won't repeat them here. Um, but we have been sent a sample of one of the house cards that are going to be uh, given out to uh, people who attend. And we drew the lot to have the Baratheon house card, um, which is a very, very nice bit of kit. Um, I don't know who the artist is. Dave, have you, do you know who this person is? Have you seen anything from them before? Um, <laughs> now you say that, I wish I'd looked it up. It's not on the card, is it? No, right, I'll find that. Carry on talking. Whoever animated Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, it's odd having to spoil a, um, a, a card which hasn't got any game text or abilities or whatever. Um, but we have got a, a lovely, lovely picture of Melisandre um, floating on some sort of uh, black kind of cloud, which is taking some sort of demonic form in the background. It, it's very, very swish, and the whole set of these cards are absolutely bloody fantastic. So if you haven't already, do check out the the, uh, the Varberg Facebook page, um, where you can see all the other cards that have currently been spoiled, and the playmat, which will be given out to everyone who makes the, uh, the top cut. Um, and this playmat is so nice. I very, very nearly, um, well, not very nearly. I, I looked to see if I could make my way to uh, Varberg 
um, based on the beauty of his playing that alone. But unfortunately, I am working and can't go. But it is far and away the nicest playmat I have ever seen. And I've uh, seen some lovely playmats in my time, let me tell you. So, um, yeah, do check that out. It's like a, a glorious, massive Where's Wally, but uh, with the Red Wedding as its centrepiece. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Have you guys seen this yet? Yeah, it's awesome. Really nice, isn't it? I, I really, really like it. Okay, yeah, yeah sure. It does look pretty amazing, to be fair. Yeah. It's very cool, but yeah, it's it's kind of hard to say more than that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's bloody nice. It's, it's just the art. Of that. It's, it's really, really nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, and I'll be uh, I'll be bugging the Swedes for a copy of um a copy of them all because I won't be able to go. Yeah, same. Oh, Christ, I tell you what, I would pay good money for these and that playmat. I would move heaven and earth um to get my hands on one of those. Well, last year they sold copies of the playmat. That's Dalek. Oh, well, so whether they will this year or not, I don't know. And uh, really? they they do sell copies of their house cards as well. Well, which reminds me, if anyone wants house cards from Blackwater Bay, um, contact me because I have tons and they're for sale. So let me know. Dave's not <laughs> specifying the price because he's going to depend who oh. you are. No, they're they're five pounds for a set. Uh-huh. Uh, assuming you don't live like completely the other side of the world and are all in like one set and I need to spend like eight quid to send them that will probably include postage as well that's ridiculous okay right so that brings an end to a little bit of a downbeat episode actually you guys didn't have the greatest time at nationals uh john reckons the permanent deck and the uh, meta is broken and then we spent a good half an hour moaning about cards and something we'd like to change but that's what you get with us sometimes isn't it we gave you a discussion about a nice playmat so you know you can't say we're moaning the whole way <laughs> um Next week, we are going to uh, go over Chapter Pack 2, because it should be in your grubby hands by then. Um, but that's that, it for this week. That's a spoiler, like an exclusive spoiler of our next episode. It is. So that's two spoilers today. Yeah. Amazing. Clickbait. 